0: Yeah he- welcome back to the be there in five podcast as you can imagine it's been a tough week you know in the killer community in the grandson community and tony braxton i feel like is the only person that really understands me right now and um oh shoot this is good wait okay uh um, b r b (laughs) b It's just one of those songs that makes my throat so scratchy when I try to sing it. it it's one of those songs that it, her voice almost revs like an engine, like like <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> but you know, in like you know, in certain circumstances, you go for it. It's never fruitful, but it just really makes me need a lozenge. I really and I really hate the word lozenge, so you know what me I mean it. I really need one. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> I can't even believe for like what an amazing song this is and how much of a household name Tony Braxton is that this is kind of her only song besides he was not man enough for me. I-, I was surprised to revisit that. I don't really think she has hits to warrant that her whole family got a reality show and, and like her sister has done a lot of stuff and I don't even know what she's up to. It's kind of the Jessica Ashley Simpson thing when you're so famous that, you know, your lesser talented sister at times gets more famous than you it's no offense to ash but her and evan's show is not doing it for me i did try to watch it briefly but i yeah he talks too low and slow for me i need a little more energy a little more oomph uh what it's like do, do i forget what i'm doing hi everyone this is my really strong intro um, <laughs> i'm kate kennedy owner founder of be there in five entrepreneur of many other uh domains including buffalo chicken wrap.com and um <laughs> Soon to be, well, I guess, existing author of Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, which is available November 6th, wherever books are sold. Reorder now. I am so happy to be back. And, you know, I'm, I guess I'm also a Toni Braxton super superfan. Uh, well, I guess a fan of this song. And yeah, like I said, I could tell you more about her sister Tamar than her right now, which is kind of odd, considering what a powerhouse voice she has. What a brilliant song this is that will go down in history. It's just, it's a little, like, sad to me that Tamar is probably a little more famous because of her dan- uh, stint on Dancing with the Stars, Braxton uh, Family Values. Uh, she, even she was on the talk. I mean, who isn't on the talk, I guess, with Style Network's former ex-starlet, uh, Jeannie Mai, Lonnie Love, and uh, who else is on the- Adrian Balon. Well, I feel like I talk about more than I should on this podcast, but I just think it's so interesting that she really could have changed the trajectory of Rob Kardashian's life. And he wouldn't have to, you know, have had a kid with black china who's the only person to carry on the Kardashian name because she's a genius. And he wouldn't have to be sitting in that dark room with that dark bedding, eating candy from this hangover of a lifestyle that he was in cahoots with Lamar Odom on while he lived with Khloe. I, it's, to think that at one point Rita Ora just destroyed him because she, her team and she didn't want to be associated with the Kardashian brand... Yet yeah, Rita Ora can't really seem to, like, hit her stride in, in the mainstream world, whereas the Kardashians have. It's very interesting. And I think, like, the saddest thing about Rob to me is that, randomly, the only thing he'll ever Snapchat is his Postmates referral code. Which, you know, just means he has, like, thousands of dollars in, in Postmates credit. Which just, like, makes me sad because he's, like, he's, like, getting in and out burger all the time on the show. And even though he's disappeared for, like, a year now, I'm worried, uh, you know, he's not going to let those referral fees go to waste. And it's just more incentive for him to never leave his dark room with his dark bedding. Did you guys think that only men who live without women have dark bedding? Like, does anybody here have black sheets? I've been tempted on more than one occasion to buy, like, a an orangey-brown sheet just, you know, for spray tan purposes only. But, you know, that bums me out, too. So i'm not classy though i i I like those t-shirt sheets the jersey cotton those are my favorite and a heather gray um it's light it's easy but it's not it's not white and crisp to the point where i'm scared to eat on it because i do like to eat in bed i i don't i when you have such strict parameters around your bed it's like is life worth living if you can't sleep with your adorable puppy if you can't i don't know eat a a takeout container of pad thai while you're watching TV in bed—like those are life's little moments that I just am not willing to take from myself. But okay, we're 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 coming out we're we're coming in hot with the tangents. It's been a while since I've <laughs> gotten to talk about lighthearted, poultry things. How I built this was rough on me, guys. Like I it, it, it took me so long to record it because it was like I don't know I I, I don't know. It's so I I could talk for f- uh, unlimited hours about pop culture about fun stuff about my you know baseless theories about different things in life but like about something that needs to be structured and or taken as some sort of advice is like hard because you really think a lot more carefully about what you say and it's like not fun to be like listen to all the mistakes I made um but anyways I I hope some of you like that um but now we're back in business and you know what guys I guess I'm in a bad mood I'm in a bad mood because one of my dreams was that Carly and Taylor would end up together say what you want. I know with my whole heart that at one point they were an item. I know with my whole heart and whole soul that everybody has chosen to take the side of the media's narrative to actively avoid hints Taylor has dropped, to actively avoid the fact that she has said she is absolutely nothing like she portrays herself as, and is now ignoring her even bigger strides into supporting the lgbtq community into telling people to vote into actively speaking out against candidates that don't believe in gay marriage if, if you listen to um if you like blind items i listened to nt's podcast about taylor swift and that and when she uh did the instagram post about encouraging people to vote and and kind of denouncing the tennessee republican candidates and Even NT was like, the tone of the post, yes, it was, you should vote. Yes, it was, I'm endorsing these candidates. And yes, it was about kind of a myriad of issues pertaining to equality, but the the central theme and what came up more than once was in support of the LGBTQ community, in support of gay marriage. It ended with a rainbow. The entire tone really felt LGBTQ centric. And she was on Tumblr, she was lighting up Tumblr. If you guys, if you go to Taylor Swift's Tumblr, and there's her posts and then there's likes. Click on her likes, do a deep scroll. Look at two weeks ago and she posted that ad and what she was liking. Maybe it's her team. I don't know. But it doesn't matter because they were doing it on her behalf. Like, for example, she was uh, validating that her dress is on tour. She had a, a rainbow pride flag. Apparently she was wearing like this pink and purple bi flag. There was a pan flag. I mean, there's all of these uh, pride flags for different sexual orientations that she was apparently representing on tour and she was liking comments that people said like we knew you were doing that and she kind of was co-signing it so it's stuff like that that was interesting she was co-signing a lot of intensely political things that she would I don't think ever actually say it it, I don't know just take a look it's really interesting and I've said it before I'll say it again I am in no way interested in outing anybody or trying to out her I know that that's a very not cool taboo thing to do. And even like the scum of the earth media doesn't do it. But if you are at all aware of or have seen anything involving this quote unquote Kaler fandom, which is like embarrassing that I, I, I'm like, like standing people in my thirties. Um, It's sorry. There's this like noise in the background. I don't know what it is. It sounds like an AOL dial up tone. I, I don't even know anymore. Uh, what My neighbors are up to anyway. It's, I go go to I think episode seven at like minute 12 or 13 I start to talk about Taylor and PR and the way I see this whole thing and that's easier than me repeating myself right now but um the the bulk of the evidence I I put on Patreon I because if you're genuinely interested and you want to hear it as a theory of me regurgitating what I've read online of how people have sleuthed the situation it's behind a paywall because I don't want to spread rumors in my own voice but after you know reputation came out and especially with this uh very lgbtq forward political stance especially with all of her likes especially it's like this weird it's this confusing time where i think she is just she just is really supporting and wanting people to figure this out and the more people that do perhaps it will be a little bit more normalized and she won't feel as faced with uh negativity or shock that she maybe would be anticipating should she come out as being somewhere on the spectrum between gay and straight i don't know if she's gay i don't know if she's bi i don't know if she's straight i don't care it doesn't matter but just as she said famously on the view before 1989 came out i don't think it should be a big deal who you love i also agree and um if anything i just want to spread that message I think that if it was something that uh, was really being held tight to the chest uh, that she felt either offended by, there is so much speculation by major publications. There's been us weekly articles, BuzzFeed articles, in-touch articles, like, there's an entire fandom with, like, millions and millions of views that they're very aware of. Like, Tree Payne, Taylor's PR person, follows Enti of Crazy Days and Nights on Twitter, (laughs) Like, they they know about these rumors and, like, they are so quick to squash any other rumor. But, like, this one's never been squashed. The uh, the remember, like, even when that blogger tried to say Taylor was a white supremacist and, like, immediately her team was suing them and, like, didn't um the, the ACLU like cover those legal fees or something for the blogger? I don't remember. Like, they I, I've heard on so many occasions that they keep such. Uh, uh, they run a tight ship in terms of what media can say about her when they have to redact stuff. I've heard journalists on podcasts be like, I printed something that they made me take down. Like she really is, is very careful. And I just think it's interesting that this is just something that's never, ever been addressed. And if anything, now she's addressing it with songs like Dress that she sang to Carly in Tennessee. Carly moved. At the concert, she moved to a different spot right in front of Taylor where she sung Dress to her. Who knew that she was about to get married? I mean, I I really did not think she'd go through with this marriage. A lot of people think it's a Barry Diller-Diane Firsten- Diane Von Furstenberg situation. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Look up the theories. Uh, there's a lot of theories about Barry Diller, David Geffen. The, the whole group that they, they, they run in this circle of uh, Hollywood power that is known for bearding and is known for, uh, living somewhat of a secret life. Like if you, I think even there's a Wikipedia article. If you look up the, uh, velvet mafia, or just even Google, like Barry Diller, I, it's, it's all that comes up. This is not like secret information. Even Bill Maher, I think he, at one point was saying that like, that is, it's a very real behind the scenes using his words, not mine, gay mafia, that he's like, if you cross them, you, like, you're in trouble. Like, you, they, they run things behind the scenes more than you would ever know, which is so fascinating to me. But that if they're all closeted, yet there's like a million Gawker articles that, st- you know, talk about how we were, we're aware of what's going on. It's just an interesting world we live in. And it's interesting to me that David Geffen's the one person that um, posted a photo of guests at Carly's wedding. Apparently there's going to be a Vogue spread. I don't know. I, I, it's less for me about the wedding and more just, I feel it discredits uh, what I know to be true. And that is that at one point, Taylor Swift and Carly Ro- and Closs were romantically involved. Uh, and I am, I am but a girl standing in front of a microphone asking you to consider that maybe we've just been pushing this heterosexual narrative onto her. And she said it herself several times, semi-cringingly. cringing I'd, I'd very much like to be excluded from this narrative. So why don't we exclude ourselves from the media's narrative and just look at what we have? And I'm not going to go back through it all. Okay, maybe I will. Just a little bit. Just, just the high points. I, I like to read about it over and over again, so perhaps you'd like to hear about it. I, uh... I just, the entire, uh, I know you guys know, the entire Reputation album is about a secret relationship, about nobody knowing, deep fears that the world would divide us, the the, the dancing with their hands tied, like they're not allowed to touch in public, our secret moments in a crowded room, they have no idea about me and you, I'm sipping wine in the bathtub, you kiss my face and we're both drunk, everybody thinks that they know us, but they know nothing about us, I don't want you like a best friend, like this is not Joe, this is not Calvin, this is not Tom, this is somebody She loves, despite deep fears that the world will divide them, despite that they can't be together, despite that no one has to know, no one can know. And everybody's just choosing to ignore it. And she is probably getting a kick out of putting so much of this in plain view and people still actively ignoring it. It doesn't mean that her relationship with Joe is necessarily fake because people can love whoever they want. I've been, I've always talked about how I think it's like such a spectrum. And I just think we try to put people in boxes. And we just shouldn't anymore. And I, you know, I just think she's been in a contract for a really long time and being told what to do, has deep country music roots, has a conservative label, has conservative parents, and she's about to be a free agent in November. And who knows what she'll do, where she'll go. She'll stay with Big Machine. I I assume she'll try and get the rights to her music forever. She has all the leverage in the world and she is kind of breaking free. And the second she ends her U.S. tour, she's like, you know, coming out the gate with this like huge political statement that she's like she's never made in her entire career. Well, I disagree. I actually think she's been subtly dropping hits. But again, nobody picks up on the hints like she dropped when she posted a photo of her voting. For Hillary uh, for in line to vote in the last election, she was wearing a cold shoulder top. That might sound ridiculous, but there was like this movement to wear cold shoulder tops. It it was on Lena Dunham, uh, Lena Dunham's Instagram, and she put a side-by-side of her and Hillary Clinton in like that. It's kind of an iconic photo of this Donna Karen gold, cold shoulder, like turtlenecked black dress. And then Taylor posted in a cold shoulder top. I mean... She's so, she's, she, she's so everything she does has a purpose. And even like, she just put out like this AT&T cat video on Wednesday. And like, there's this tiny clock in the back corner. And of course the clock is at 1213, which is her birthday. Like girlfriend doesn't miss a beat. So anyway, if you think she's not fully controlling and in in ensuring that we all have a certain perception of her, but also to leave holes in. In the story, so that should this other side of her come out she's like, "No I've been telling you this the whole time, but again, it's not a big deal who you love, and she believes that, and that's what the whole thing is It's like everybody deserves space and time, and my God, like it's none of my business, but it's it is my business because I think she's telling us, and I think reputation is just like the most glaring uh, example of who she like a, a little more than she actually is and what's actually going on in her life. That people just aren't willing to acknowledge and then make me look like a flat earther. And I'm just not. I I really just want her to be herself and live her truth. And I think making this political statement was a big step in living her truth. And also, she gave me a new catchphrase. She said, you know, with the other candidates supported, like, these are not my Tennessee values. And from from here on out I, anything i don't agree with i i will state as not being my tennessee values and what happened this week is a good example a good reminder to me that i am not crazy because i've i read a lot of stuff from you know the normal casual instagram and facebook scroll to the the dark depths of reddit to the the the, the teen talk of tumblr to the blind items. I am not a big sleeper and I'm a, a I'm a lover of of a deep dive. And this week I noticed Carly Clauss's Spotify playlists. She so you can follow like official verified accounts. And on Sunday Carly posted one called 1010 101818, 10, 18, a date. it had three songs so I've since heard it actually had 15, then was taken down to three. But the three songs were like about everything and nothing. And it was Leon Bridges' uh Take Me to Your River song that's kind of a metaphor for baptism. Then there's uh an instrumental song that actually Kanye was in a legal battle about at one point because he sampled the song in the early two thousand song he did. Um, and there was a song called angels that was like, but I think I'm, what was it? It was like, the end is unknown, but I think I'm ready as long as you're with me. And I was like, I think I'm ready. Like there was this theme of like something happening, like akin to a baptism, a clean slate. Like there's blood on my hands. Like I'm not totally clean. I'm not totally innocent, but like something's happening. There's just this tone of these songs. I put on the Facebook group on Monday, like something's happening she could be getting married, but it is a Thursday. She could be converting to Judaism because the Kushners are Orthodox and Ivanka converted for Jared. Uh, and I and they only got engaged in July. And doesn't that like take a little while? And I figured she would beforehand. Um, so my point was something's going down Thursday with Carly Klaus. And I kind of stayed on top of it all week and there was like no inklings of anything. And then Thursday I posted on Instagram, like, I think something's happening today. And then, um, girl with no job posted, like, I have on good authority, Carly's getting married today. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, like something's happening today. It's on her Spotify. Like, I think she forgot to put that place on private. And even though I'd hoped it was like, you know, some epic, you know, reveal of her and Taylor's relationship, I know that I, they're not together anymore. They're not as close as they once were. It's awkward when you get involved with your best friend and then maybe Carly and Josh are in love now. I don't know. But I do think they were initially a, uh, a, a business setup. Um, there's a lot of things that are weird about this wedding. So many of her close friends commented like, whoa, oh my God, what? And her random post of the Instagram of her in a wedding dress. There's two photos of them her smile is forced her body language is cold she's wearing almost this like Elizabeth James you know having Annie James try on veils with a top hat at her boutique in South Kensington from the parent trap like I just think she would be so much more chic and couture and they're in the woods there's not a sign of a chuppah there's not a sign of a a chair a linen a guest and anything the the quality is not that great these two are millionaires they could get married anywhere and they could do anything. And they're in like an inconspicuous, deciduous, northeastern forest with zero decorations in poor lighting, not even in golden hour. And I know this because they were spotted in New York before sundown in normal clothing. So they, they like it's in ups. They got upstate and got married, had a ceremony reception and back by like 5 p.m. It, 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 uh, their, a lot of their close friends weren't there, but they say there was 80 people there. Then David Geffen posts one photo. It's him, Scooter Braun, uh, an ex-wife of a Russian oligarch, Derek Blasberg, who's, like, uh, uh, the, every celebrity's BFF that, like, has all the secrets. But, like, for some reason, there's no scoop on him. And uh, Scooter... Wait, uh, yeah. Scooter Braun, David Geffen, the oligarch's ex-wife, Derek. I might be missing somebody. Anyway... It's just like kind of a random group of people. Daily Mail posted photos of Carly with um, Josh and his parents, but then took down the photos of the parents, which I thought was weird. Um, We all know there's stuff going on. There's some speculation on the blinds about that. There could be, you know, some major issues coming up and they needed to get married quickly. She could be pregnant for all I know. I have absolutely no idea. I love love. I support two people in love to get married in any way, in any capacity that they choose to, but I know these two aren't minimalists. They're both multimillionaires. They hang out on Geffen's yachts. They go on extravagant vacations. They are finer things, people. And I just don't think a small secret ceremony in the woods is what they would have designed If they had their choice, and they said they're having a larger celebration in the spring, which would make sense if it was a courthouse wedding. Totally, elope, get your tax breaks, be together, whatever. Have a celebration later on. But then, like, they did have a wedding, though. They had 80 people, allegedly, in upstate New York. And a small ceremony and a lovely celebration before sundown. And then everybody got all the way back to New York the same day. Are the photos staged? I don't know. I don't know. But I just, it just, it it didn't feel right. It doesn't feel real. It feels quick. It feels impromptu. It feels strategic. It feels like the footage of it's being really controlled. Um, it feels like Taylor is actively not saying anything. She she was on tour during like Abigail's wedding, I think, and dropped everything to go see her. She, she did a freaking Vogue interview the day of her friend Brittany's wedding when she was maid of honor. She uh, brought her pregnant best friend from home to the American Music Awards. Like, girlfriend is loyal to her friends, loves her friends. Carly said in that Vogue 73 questions video last week that conveniently is like her wedding week and a launch of a code with glossy thing. And I I mean, everything she does is like so stacked together. Um, I just feel like it's not that everything is based on social media interactions, but Taylor is very good about Uh, talking about, encouraging, saying kind words to her dear friends on social media. And I just feel like it would be weird for her to not acknowledge that her former or semi-still BFF got married, unless it was kind of under weird terms or something she didn't really support, or they just really do not talk anymore. I I think, too, for me, the smoking guns were like Carly um, said she had jury duty on Wednesday. And then Derek Blasberg, her best friend, said he was at jury duty on Thursday. And I was like, oh, this is some sort of inside joke they think we're not going to pick up on. But I'm picking up on it. And um, so maybe she was there at the courthouse getting a marriage license and didn't want people to misunderstand why she was at the courthouse. But then, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, I I knew something was up. And the reason I don't think I'm crazy is because sometimes I'm right. And sometimes something is up. And sometimes even though the thing that was up was not Carly, you know, coming out or anything. It was the opposite. It was her getting married. I think the circumstances in which the marriage happened prove that it's just, it's just not, and I'm not trying to, you know, smear anybody. I just, I, I think there's just something off. And I guess I'll leave it at that. If I do any more investigative work, if I hear anything else, I'll let you know. But my question is, did, is, was that playlist made with the intention of a few sleuthers like me seeing it and knowing something would happen? Did she make it and forget it was on pri- on public? I, like, I doubt it. Uh, but And uh, was the wedding not actually Thursday? And that was kind of like staged or pretended to be on a different day. And that's just when they were going to announce it. And then they kind of could corroborate it with that, you know, one playlist thing. It's, I don't know, guys, whatever. Um, all I know is that to date for six years, to never talk about your significant other, except for one magazine article where you say he's a really solid dude. Like I've said before, that's something I, I would say about, I don't know, the host at the CPK. Uh, thanks for getting me a booth by the window. You're a really solid dude. There's videos of them dropping their hands when the paparazzi leave. They post latergrams where, like, they'll post videos or photos of a place they went months or years ago that you can fact check, but act like they're there now and don't say TBT or latergram. Does anyone latergram anymore? I don't think so. The ultimate latergram is the world. Like, latergram, like, that's just not happening. And um, they're, they're, they just do like weird things. And everywhere they go, they travel with Josh's best friend, Mikey. Uh, there's been a lot of sources that have suggested that like this just isn't, and I don't want to say it's not real, but it isn't like a romantic relationship. And maybe it turned into one. I I don't know. I, I just, here's the thing is like, I'm not so crazy to think that somebody would take the steps of getting married for any reason other than like really wanting to be married because that's a mess like why would you ever do that well who who doesn't value their life enough to enter into an institution and emerging of assets lives families etc unless you're serious like nobody just does that so that's why that's why I just I guess I'm so confused because I feel like up until this point it felt kind of clear that it was a strategic partnership Because all the stuff she promoted is always one of his investments within Thrive Capital. She, even her code with Klossy is at the Flatiron School, a big investment by the Kushners. She doesn't, uh, there's like articles from NYU students being like, Harley Closs doesn't go here. And she says she goes here. Like she's kind of just been building this persona and trying to get this level of fame surrounding, like, I support women, I'm all for coding, I'm all for STEM, I'm more than a supermodel, she has, like, a major manager, and, like, it's working. But the problem is, I think she was always trying to drop Taylor from the narrative, but on her wedding day, in the Daily Mail headline, it said, Carly Kloss marries longtime boyfriend Josh Kushner, BFF Taylor Swift, not in attendance. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And here's the thing, is that if After they were caught allegedly kissing in December uh, 2014 or 13 or whatever at the um, 1975 concert, and then they weren't seen together for six plus months because probably their, their PR was like, hey, guys, people think you're dating. My theory is if you're not dating, then just like hang out as friends. And if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to hide and you start hiding then people get suspicious. I don't think if they didn't go from so hot to cold, we'd still be talking about it. I don't think if they didn't go from 60 to zero, we'd still be talking about it. They actively chose to not be seen in public anymore. So we wouldn't speculate. And it made us speculate because they're two very tall, super model blonde BFFs. I'm at the Victoria's Secret fashion show that loved to bake together and had a whole squad and loved to hold hands while they went down the slide at her 4th of July party. And they were just like, Cute as a button, snug as a bug in a rug, and all of a sudden, then we got nothing. And then I'll—it's—it's it's just like, ugh, I don't know, I don't know. So anyway, guys, I guess I should stop talking about. I uh, like literally, could I? I—I've I, exhausted this topic, and I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing about it again. Um, I just—I don't know. It's like, even if they are really together and really in love, and I'm totally wrong, I still don't really understand the point of being of dating casually for 6 years never speaking of each other claiming it's because you're incredibly private to getting engaged in July and then immediately getting married in October but you're then apparently you're not private enough to like not talk about your engagement and then not post a photo of your wedding an hour after it happened so they're not that private like if they wanted to be that private it would be private but it wasn't so that's my point like which is it so that i it seems like some sort of show it seems like it has some reason. Do I know the reason? No. Am I wildly guessing? Absolutely. But it's fun to talk about. You know, if, if, if anything, they're uh, getting even more and more press from all the weirdness surrounding their wedding. And hopefully that's getting code with classy more campers. Hopefully it's helping Fuku sell more sprinkle cakes. Who the hell knows what the point is? Uh, all I know is that. In one week, we have her 73 questions of Vogue. We have it dropped that she is the new host of Project Runway. She gets married, goes on a 48-hour honeymoon, apparently, with, like, a stock photo-level image of, like, what vaguely seems to be the Maldives. And, um, you know, it's just a lot, because that 73-question video was filmed in August. It was released, you know, in tandem with Project Runway, And um, I think it's just crazy that our wedding was this week and it happened so fast. And like I I, maybe it was just on another day and it wasn't real that they they, they just already had done it. And that's then they chose to announce it later. And that's why we all think it was so staged. I don't know. Does anyone have uh, access to New York like legal documents? Not like illegally or anything, but you know how like some states have them available and some don't. I just want to know if they, like, have an actual marriage license or if it was a symbolic religious ceremony. That That's, that's my interest um, currently because my wedding was, wouldn't have been legit. I, we, had to get, we had to get married before we got married, and I think that's the case uh, in a lot of places, a lot of destinations especially. Anyway, moving on. Well, kind of. I'm going to play a clip of something I played on my Patreon just because I feel like now it's time. Now Taylor's told us enough. Now I don't feel weird drawing attention to stuff like this because... I think this is an interesting slip of the tongue is Jack Antonoff on Mark Marin's podcast. He is being asked about um he's some I don't know it's kind of like a weird misogynistic question about like talking about hooking up with girls with like the, the, his friends or people he works with and um he asks Mark asks Jack if he talks to Taylor Swift about girls And Jack says he prefers working with women, specifically gay women. And then Mark says, is Taylor Swift gay? And then he's like, oh, no, sorry, I was talking about Tegan and Sarah. But they never, ever were talking about Tegan and Sarah. Like, there wasn't even, like, a topic. And that's why, that was when I was like, I think that it's very well known within her circle. But, like, it's just something people like respect and haven't said and that she's just decided to like reveal a little bit more and more of over time and um anywho I hope we live in a world one day where people don't think that they'll be met with a harsh criticism and judgment and I want to make it a softer place to land if and when she decides to come forward with this truth even though we're not entitled to it I think she's uh, certainly leading up to it. Anyway, here's that clip. Just for my last piece of well-intentioned evidence, just so you don't think I'm losing my mind. <laughs> and I just, um, that doesn't happen. If there's a higher, there's a better chance that if I'm in the room working with a woman, then we're going to get along. And she's gonna, not going to say, like, this dude fucking gave it to me last night. Like, you wouldn't yeah. believe. Or like, I just I just piled through, you know, <laughs> these four guys over the weekend. <laughs> you're not gonna have that conversation with taylor swift that no <laughs> okay i like women and particularly gay women so yeah like, you know. <laughs> yeah is she gay no I, oh, but I was, but i work a lot with her and, oh, and there okay again, so i was right. like well, wait, do we have a breaking story here did you just tip it <laughs> the other true tragedy this week of course grandson ariana grande p davidson uh, i i had high hopes you know i was a skeptic at first i thought their timeline was wonky at best i listened to his stern interview and he did confirm that scooter braun introduced them which is interesting again all roads lead to mr scoots who had them both of these couples get engaged within a very short time frame not that scooter's responsible for ariana grande and pete davidson's but i i was like can't you just date that's that's the thing I don't get is I believe that they're real I just don't get why they had to get engaged seemed a little bit insane um and you know I even though a lot of Pete's commentary on Stern was like off color a lot of what he was saying was really sweet and really honest seeming and he really was enamored with her and spoke so highly of her talent and her humor and how lucky he was and how he didn't need a pre dep He didn't need anything. Like he feels so lucky to be in the house. He just like, you know, does dishes and cleans up and buys groceries and just like, can't even believe that somebody like her would give her a chance. Now his mom loved her and did that. And like, I believe all of that. I think, you know, it's, it, it's that element of like fascination you have with somebody that can, the, the lines of, of respect, admiration, fascination, blur to like neediness, inadequacy, insecurity, and all of that very quickly because one person seems to have the clear upper hand. And now I don't want to typecast him just because he has mental illness. He suffers from like borderline personality disorder and depression, and he's goes to he admittedly goes to a million therapists and has had issues his whole life. He lost his father in 11 Things have not been easy for Pete. I don't like the assumption that somebody that suffers from a personality disorder can't have a both go get into and get out of a funk of relationship functionally because I think they can my thing is more so just like as a human being with feelings it would be very hard to date and fall in love with a very famous person that you cannot escape after you break up I think the way most people get over people is time and out of sight out of mind when they are fully in sight and you can't get them off your mind and they're on billboards and they are on tv and they're super hot and like i just cannot even imagine how hard it would be to get over somebody in that capacity and for that reason i am concerned um the i think that they really were in love i don't think she'd get his name tattooed on her finger if they weren't and i know that sounds stupid because they both have tattoos um but on nt's podcast the blind items guy he says they're both really into drugs and that uh this Ariana's management essentially like stepped in because they were spotted at the SNL party Saturday night or like there's yeah they might they were spotted less than 24 hours before TMZ already had their breakup and then 24 hours after that she was spotted without a ring wearing a band-aid over her tattoo and it's like okay you know, it's abrupt it's abrupt and like why announce it why why do you have to leak it immediately that you're not together anymore it's just like it's why not make it a slow burn where we speculate that's what's so weird to me it's like why why did it happen so fast and you tell us so fast when you would assume somebody that famous would be pretty guarded and why break up so fast and leak it so fast um and they both are like sad and dropping out of engagements apparently Uh, enty thinks that pete was getting her into bad stuff and that he is just wasn't a good influence and like yeah they were in love but her management was like no we're not like we're not going down this path and even though i don't know if that's true and i don't hate to believe that um he also did like a deep dive with selena gomez and was just like you don't get a kidney transplant for lupus like she is the same problems Demi Lovato has, but Demi Lovato's o- honest about them. Like, she's de- going down a horrible path. Justin Bieber, like, y- there's videos of him, like, tweaking, which I, I, apparently that's what you do when you're on meth. I don't really know that much about it. But, I don't know, I kind of thought meth was something you do because you don't have access to better stuff. Maybe it's just, like, stronger, but... Like, I don't know, I, like going to college in Appalachia and stuff. That's kind of how I was always positioned. Like they figured out how to make it because they didn't have access to like good drugs. It, uh, whatever. Um, I, I, I sound like a moron. I know nothing. My, in, in, in my impression from both Crazy Days and Nights, the Blind Items podcast, and from what I've read elsewhere is that the reason for the abrupt 24-hour breakup from when they were last seen is her team stepped in, like Scooter and Co., And I think she had dipped out on one too many public appearances. And some people think it's because of drugs. I think she maybe is just heartbroken and having trouble with the Mac Miller thing. um, It's like there's just a lot there with him, you know, her being with him since she was 19, with him probably being heartbroken because she was engaged, even though it's absolutely under no circumstances her responsibility or anything related to her. I'm sure she has a lot of mixed emotions and it's hard to be like joyful and yourself in a new relationship. I'm sure there's an element of Pete having trouble with, you know, her being despondent over a past romantic partner. I just imagine there is it's a lot of complicated emotions. And if, you know, the speculations correct about drugs and that her mourning compared like paired with that is making her pull out of professional engagements. I guess her team was like, we're not doing this. Um, I think what I read that the straw that broke the camel's back was um, her pulling out of Scooter's wife's charity benefit. I think like that set him off. And also there's some, there's, there's rumblings of uh, that Pete sent Mac like inappropriate photos or something before he passed in like Mac's family talked to Ariana about it. And she was upset, but like, that seems like really specific and, um, like a little bit of a reach even though everything i talk about is a reach just just reporting what i've heard elsewhere um so you know i guess we'll probably never know it's oftentimes the simplest answer is is the right answer and i do believe that i know everything i talk about is so complex but sometimes when there's just a high high volume of coincidences with some of these stars and you know things do come out that turn out to be true from the blinds and we learn that things aren't always as they seem We just can't help but wonder and even if it you know all all turns out to not be real and we're being tricked or we're just reading too much into it i had a great time you know the unexamined life is not worth living the unexamined celeb is not worth following in my opinion (laughs) but anyways it's just like it's incredibly sad watching these people spiral i Get how, when you have so much money and fame, that your pleasure centers are likely diminished, if not destroyed, and it takes a lot for you to feel alive and feel excited, and things like getting engaged fast and fast and furious romances and you know, Justin Haley got married in a courthouse, like I think these things are done it with impulse chasing something because I do think it's it's hard and it's a bit vapid to be famous. And turning to drugs, it just, I guess it just is what it is. And, like, I am just so not in that world. And it's sad to me that somebody with Ariana's level of talent would even, like, dabble or risk it because we, we have plenty of examples of that not going well. But, um, yeah, that's, like, that's, that's what NT thinks happened. And who the hell knows? But I like to think if I ever, you know, skyrocket to children's parody author fame specifically in the realm of social commentary on internet stardom, which I could be the, I don't know, third biggest star in that realm. Um, you know, the good, I'm never going to suppress the good night iPad guy, let's be honest. I, um, I like to think my drug is amenities. I like to think that if you're so rich that everywhere you go, you get a plush robe and slippers, you're fine. If I can lay in a bed in a plush robe in slippers, get massaged, get like a manicure, have somebody else tell me my schedule. That sounds pretty damn good. If so, if I'm so famous that I don't I don't have to get my own takeout or lament over the you know three ninety nine Postmates delivery fee and then spend forty minutes looking for a coupon code to half that, then you know things are going pretty well. I'd say. So. I guess that would wear off too. But then uh, then after amenities, after, you know, people bringing you food and rubbing you, um, I, I don't know why I said that. That was weird. Did you know there's this website called... Because <laughs> uh, I'm insane and I want to make sure any affordable massage place I go to, I am not supporting some sort of sex trafficking thing or situation where women are stuck or oppressed or brought to the country under misleading circumstances because, you know, one dateline about, you know... San Francisco being rampant with rub and tugs. And I am concerned that I am supporting, you know, women who are just like half assing my massage while they wait for somebody who's actually going to pay them for the good stuff. A, because it's gross, and B, because, you know, I don't want to support that business because uh, according to the dateline, the women don't want to be there. And while part of me is like, well, if I went to one of those establishments, I could bug myself and be like, ma'am, do you need help? Do you want to get out? I'm not a cop. I'm not a narc. And then I'd get massaged Then like she'd see the mic cord on me and then I'd probably get kicked out pretty fast. So that's not going to work. But, you know, it's kind of like when you go to a strip club and you're like, if this is your own decision, like I support you wholeheartedly, Uh, you know, you do you. But part of you wants to like scream out, you can do more. You can do more. Can I help you? Because you just don't want people to think they're only, you know, asset to bring to the balance sheet of life is their body but you know what are you gonna do anyways if you ever want to make sure your massage parlor is not indeed a rub and tug go to rub hub no stop rub no (laughs) i think it's called rub maps here's the problem rub maps is for people looking for happy endings (laughs) not for people trying to actively you know Solve crimes by dinner time, to quote Mary-Kate and Ashley. But I think it's a useful resource to make sure I'm not supporting a, you know, corrupt business. You know, women supporting women. I do my part. I only get massaged by other women who are there. Licensed. And by their own will. And I, for that, think I'm a very charitable person. How on earth did I get on RubHub? Uh, oh, yeah, talking about being famous. Oh, yeah. Speaking of stars, social media stars... I I did go see A Star is Born. Now, I didn't know that this was the fourth time it was made. I'd never seen the other ones. I've I've been forthcoming that. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say for a, a pop culture guru that I like to think I am, I, my movie knowledge is, is limited. And that's because I'll see something once. I don't really remember it. I'm not a person that can quote things well. And it's very hard for me to, like, love something. Because usually movies that are presented to me as being something somebody loves, or it's like the best movie, I'll then watch it and I'll fi- I'll understand that they could appreciate artistically the the emotional depth or level of realism they were able to capture. But if there's like any element of like a real bummer plotline, I'm not seeing it again. Like I don't I don't cozy up and watch Old Yeller, Marley and Me. I guess I'm only thinking of sad dog movies because I'm looking at my adorable dog and like. Why would you want to sit down and watch a dog die? <laughs> like, what kind of crazy people are you? That is so sad. What, like, what? I, I, I managed to go like a decade without ever seeing the end of The Notebook because I was told what it was. And then like two years ago, finally, I sat down at my parents' house and watched it. I'm like, still not okay. It's kind of my workaround. I, uh, I, I will watch a movie that has a sad ending that I saw once but just actively dodge the ending. And I really think that's the only way to live. Because if every time my girl was on the tube, <laughs> I don't talk like that. I don't call it the tube. I don't know. <laughs> every time my girl was on TV, uh, if I had to see Thomas John get get brutally attacked by an entire hive of bees, I, my day would be ruined. Thomas John. It's no, it's Thomas J. Greg always corrects me. Thomas J. Something about Thomas John's better to me. I love when there's um a combo name. But they aren't really normally combo names. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever met a Stephanie Tiffany? H- have you ever met um a, 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 I don't know, a Jennifer Monica? It just doesn't flow. Thomas John, I guess, kind of flows. Well, I guess that Tom, I mean, that actually isn't a weird name at all. But um, I love the idea that somebody would think it was far more beautiful to go by, like, two long names and just, like, pick a name. But the best is last night on 90 Day Fiancé, there's this, you know... I don't like the word trashy. It's pretty offensive. I just I just Googled thesaurus trashy, and the first word that came up is crummy, which... <laughs> this is like a 1950s TV show, um, so I'm not going to use that. Tawdry. I don't hate tawdry. I feel like tacky's rude, too, because who's to say my taste is better? Whatever. Anyway... You'll get you'll the ad, your own unique adjective will come to mind when I tell you that they have this cu- this divorced couple a ninety day fiance has three kids. The third kid, their name we don't know, and Greg and I have been guessing. Um, one of their kids' name is Jenica, which is we think Jennifer and Jessica, or maybe Monica. Uh, the other kid's name is. <laughs> Tan, Danielle, which the mom's name is Tanya, and we can only imagine is a you know merging of the names Tanya and Danielle. So that begs the question. I mean, truly, Jenica, that's a crime. That's a crime. That's like that on a resume ugh, is tough stuff. It's tough. It's tough stuff. Um. Greg and I think that the third kid's name, well, we decided our dream third kid's mashup name would be something like Bethany. (laughs) Not only because it sounds like Bethany with a lisp, but because, well, it wasn't intentional. We thought it'd be funny if like one of the hybrid names was already a nickname. Like, you know, when you meet a guy and his name is just Drew, then you're like, oh, you're not an Andrew? That's so interesting. Like- or even I feel that way sometimes with like a Kate that's not a Catherine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm always like, I don't know, surprised. Even though it's a hell of a lot easier just to like be named what you're named. But we thought it would be funny if like a nickname was all merged. And so we were like, okay, yeah, Becky and Stephanie. But then Bethany is just like. <laughs> I'm glad we make ourselves laugh. There's this Key and Peel sketch where there, there's a guy named Keith. K-E-I-F-T-H. we i don't know we think it's like the funniest name we've ever heard like a name that's deliberately meant to sound like you have a speech impediment is so sad one of my friends in college said that there was a girl in on her soccer team named letha and like l-e-e-t-h-a and it was really hard to cheer for her Yeah. Run, Lisa, run. Way to go, Letha? Thanks for scoring a goal. Yeah. Team. Is that how people cheer at sports? I don't think people are like, Hey, thanks for scoring a goal. <laughs> but still the name Lisa is so tough. I I just, and I'm sorry if that's your name and if it, I'm sure you have like a beautiful backstory and, but it's just, you know, it's not every day you make a noise with your mouth where your tongue is out between your teeth and you're talking. And I think it's hard for people to to get used to. And my thoughts and prayers are with any of you that have a a, a th where it's not meant to be. I mean, I'm Catherine, and technically, if Catherine was Catherine, I'd sound like i lisp saying I'm Catherine, but it's not. So like, Letha is tough because Lisa exists. And I mean, I had a speech impediment as a kid. I there the, the, no 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 shame, no shade. The speech impediments, but shame and shade. To parents that don't think through names, that every first impression for the rest of your life, especially if you're on the phone, people are just gonna assume you just lost your two front teeth. I don't think that's cool. What? What am I talking? Oh, um, oh, Thomas John, Thomas J. God. Um, yeah. I mean, I just feel like in, ever since 1991, not only did that raise America's awareness for the perils of being in a family of morticians, but it also made us scared for life of bees. Like, d- d- is there is there ever a time you find yourself at a, at a, a picnic outside near a trash can and on a summer's day, and you don't think about Thomas J. And, and his the, the homicide that took place based on those insects that we're all d- trying to save? All of a sudden, I, I just it's truly terrifying, and I'm I'm glad that movie raised awareness. About bee stings. As a person with allergies, I'm not allergic to bee stings, but you know, not great to find out the hard way. And the other thing about saving the bees is that, like, when they sting people, they die. So they're kind of these, like, kamikaze pilots that we're trying to I, I, save. I, the whole thing's really confusing to me, to be honest. And uh, yes, I will watch that Burt's Bees documentary at some point. Um, and I'm sure it's very important. I know they're, you know, crucial to the ecosystem. And like, we need artisanal truffle honeys. And like, I'm so, 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 so in support of that. But also, not enough people know that actually, like, honeybees, are the, 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 the ones that are primarily, uh, you know, like the, the official bee of a country time lemonade left out a little too long after a light outdoor summer group hang, the, those are fine. Those are like domesticated they the bees that we should be worried about are these like other rare forms of bees that they're like ground nesting they don't have stingers they're like there's like a loss of bee diversity that's happening and honeybees are like globally distributed they're not remotely threatened with any sort of extinction and like i don't know a ton about this fact but like it's 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 more about wild bees than honeybees just so you know I think. I don't know. Don't, honestly, t- don't get your news here. J- truly. Not, not, your, not in your best interest. <laughs> but yeah. My Girl. Super sad movie. Super sad movie. What was I getting into? I was about to get into A Star is Born. I don't know, guys. Do you, you know what I mean, though? It's kind of like I have the same issue with TV shows that are about intense topics. I like, guess they're important. I did watch the first season of Handmaid's Tale. I have not brought myself to watch the second because I never feel like you know, curling up with a plate of microwave nachos and like, you know, watching women be oppressed by a utopian society that doesn't seem all too far off from where we are. That's not, that's not, that's not what I want to spend my Sunday doing. I'm trying to, I'm, like, literally I can't think of a single sad movie. As, <laughs> there's like so many, I guess here's the thing though. Titanic doesn't make me that sad because I am only saddened by situations I could realistically be in. And I would never realistically be on a, a boat of that size or scale because cruise ships are my nightmare. And now I've never been on a cruise, and this is probably going to make a lot of people not like me. But well, and here's the thing. I, I love amenities. I, 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 am, I embrace and i am comfortable with a, a great level of cheese. I, I'm not above it. I, I don't just hate things that are popular. I, 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 in fact, I have, been, I have been begging Greg for years to take me to a Sandals resort because honestly I just want to see if we would be able to make vacation friends I feel like everybody on Facebook who goes to a sandals resort gets in this like friend group of 12 on their honeymoon and they and like even though it makes me a little bit sad that like you you just got married instead of you know spending romantic time with your spouse you're like beer ponging with Carl and Stephanie from Albuquerque and you're like we're gonna be friends forever and then it's like camp friends and you never see them again I um I just want to know if like people would be into us because we have gone to a few resorts before. Nobody's spoken to us. I blamed it on the demographic being a little bit older or maybe, you know, us being so pale. It doesn't look like we've been to a lot of activities. I, I'm not really sure, but Sandals is on my list. I think I would like it as much as Michael Scott did because I'm a simpleton in a sense of how blown away I am by like a towel animal. So... That said, I'm not ab- above cruise ships, but I think cruise ships are uh, the buses of the sea. They are they the they are the field trip bus with that it's trying to pretend like it's high end because there are like huge ass TVs every six seats and but it's like that misleading type of huge where like if someone's like, hey, is a huge uh, TV a good or a bad thing? You'd be like, oh, a good thing. But no, you need to ask, are we talking uh, length, width, or depth? Length and width? You betcha. Depth, hard pass. those, Those bus TVs are like 14 inches deep. So that's why they can't have them but every few seats. And without fail, I was always the one right underneath it. It was bad enough that we were traveling to and from a Civil War reenactment in the late spring Virginia humid heat. But then to have a crick in your neck from, you know, the fourth time you've seen little giants is like a whole nother, you know, case for a bad day. Anyway, uh, where was I? Cruise ships? Oh, yeah, they're the buses of the sea. And okay, hear me out. But yeah, it's like a charter bus with upholstered seats that have never, ever seen a steam, though they appear to be higher end than like a school bus or a city bus because there's like a smidge more leg room and those like, quote unquote, TVs. And there's a bathroom in the back. And you're like, wow, this is so much better than the school bus I take to and from school every day. We all know bucket seating is better than bench seating. I remember going into like minivans when I was a kid and there were bucket seats and I was like, damn, you got money. I just felt like that was that was like really nice because you were separated from your sibling. And then there was like a, a less treacherous climbing in the back situation for a person wearing a dress. Actually, this honestly isn't like a good metaphor. I guess I'm just saying it's like, you know, pull, the all, all the bells and whistles of a charter bus. You can't put lipstick on a pig. It's still a bus. And and, uh, on a cruise ship, I feel like you can't put lipstick on the, again, god-awful metaphor, but just ignore me. Um, You you can't disguise that what you're essentially doing, that there is an hours-long boarding process. Like, people are going on vacation, and yes, I know this happens on planes, but to think of every, when you get on, and then every port you go to, having to, like unboard and board and isn't it like mandatory too like if you want to sit out can't you not? Will they clean it or something? Um so I'm starting vacation staying in a line and then I'm trapped in like a confined space that I I literally can't leave which is like kind of a claustrophobia nightmare to me. I am stuck with a bunch of strangers that like probably want to talk and know about where I'm from and like ask me what I do but I have no interest in networking. Even though I do want to make friends at Sandals Jamaica it's more so for superficial reasons, just for the photos. I don't want to make cruise friends because I can't leave them. I will see them at the dining hall. I'll see them in line for Froyo. I'll see them at the, you know, low budge cirque du soleil that's going on in the main atrium. I I I don't I don't want to spend my vacation having to small talk all the time. I also like I agree and disagree with the logic of like you're not gonna spend your time in your hotel room on like when you're on vacation. Like you are because you sleep there. And if anything, I'd argue that on a vacation, you walk and do so much all day that you're like extra tired at the end of the day and you want plush accommodations that much more. Am I gonna spring for the ocean view? No, that's fine. I'll take garden, I'll take golf. I don't really look out the window, but I do want a window is the thing. You can't get that on a cruise ship, I'm pretty sure. You get a porthole, maybe, if you're lucky. I, I don't know, it depends, I guess. Aren't there like classes on cruise ships like, I say when I'm explaining something I don't know a lot about, I say like over and over because I'm I'm using it to pause between my thoughts and I hate it so much. <laughs> I apologize. But I, I looked into cruise ships once and I was surprised that that there were like types of rooms. I kind of thought everybody was in the same boat, like below deck, glorified storage closet. You know, you and your spouse are spending your romantic honeymoon separated on bunk beds and then, uh, then you pay a freaking fortune if you want to have like a tiny balcony on a cru- crusader of the seas or whatever it's called <clears throat> and i just was i don't know i i couldn't do it because <clears throat> i was already skeptical of all of the time i'd spend outside of my room but then the only room i could afford was like engine room view or like and in- take in the sights and sounds of the atlantic along with your view of the propulsion machinery That, you know, makes the ship run. And if should it explode or catch fire, you you will perish. That's how I that's how I read it. Um, (laughs) But I I think I speak for everybody when I say I I was forever changed when I read this one headline. I don't know. Six years. ago. I don't know when it was. It was roughly five or six years ago when a carnival cruise. Had an unfortunate set of circumstances, and it, the headlines about the story read like this: "How Carnival went from fun ship to poop cruise." Like what? How 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 are cruises ever going to recover from that? The fact that I I, I the fact that that's even plausible is such a like, and it's not even funny because I think like 12, a dozen people died. That was like a very serious problem. 4,000 4, people were stranded in the Gulf of Mexico, stewing about in sewage. That is a, a tragedy. And it, it, Carnival spent like $25 million on this ad campaign, trying to highlight like the good times people have had on cruise ships to rectify its reputation. But here, okay, that's the other, this is what pisses me off about advertising. You know what I could do with that money? I, I, it's, to spend all that money just trying to overhaul your your brand's reputation just feels it, it's you know what you could have done to get yourself some goodwill and to actually contribute is uh have an entire cruise of teachers and actually have a good cruise with like nice rooms and amenities and in like less potty and. Take a bunch of teachers. Take a bunch of first responders. Take a bunch of uh, underpaid and undervalued critical members of society and treat them to the lovely vacation they deserve. Because I'm not saying cruises aren't nice or they're like tawdry, to use a word I used earlier. I'm saying that for my, like, preferences, personality type neuroses, it's like it's the worst combination of things. Wow. Um, so I started trying to give an unsolicited review a star is born about 20 minutes ago if you have not seen this you have to look it up it was on my instagram story the other day look up lady gaga's press tour of a star is born and be alarmed at how often she says the exact same thing she has this speech she gives um every single time and it's like there could be a hundred people in a room and 99 of them don't believe in you but all it takes is one. Bradley's the one person who believed in me. Standing ovation crowd goes wild. And I, I may not have been a big Bradley Cooper fan before, but if anything has taught me that he is a an outstanding actor, it is not A Star is Born. It is not Silver Linings' playbook. It is him watching Lady Gaga say the same G.D. thing all day, every day, for weeks. It, it, she seems like a robot. She is an articulate, intelligent woman who I've seen speak at length very in a very heartfelt and seemingly candid way about other topics. But something about this press tour, she, I I called it a broken record is born. Like she is, is just, I can't believe she's not even trying to change it up. And I know like celebrities tell the same stories all the time. I am a big John Krasinski fan. He is my hall pass, celeb crush, love him to death. But like, He was on a press tour for A Quiet Place and he told this story of going to customs and the customs agent was like giving him a hard time and then found out he was married to Emily Blunt and he was like, you? You? Like, you? Disgusting, tiny troll? But like, I'm I'm sorry. He's like a tan, jacked, 6'4", devilishly handsome man. You're not going to be like, you're the one that stole the heart of our beloved emily from the devil wears prada whose stuffy nose really bothered all of us for a majority of the movie but she still did an outstanding job like no that's such a fake story sorry john love you forever i also like feel like a a tip of the hat is it a tip of the cap or tip of the hat to to the actresses that started as actresses but then like low-key throw in that they can sing and you're like geez, you're so talented that doesn't seem fair Kristen Bell, you know, Veronica Mars, you know, then comes out in Frozen. Then I watched that viral video of her doing both Anna, all of Anna's voices at every stage of her life. And I was like, oh, my God, you're adorable, perfect fairy princess. And then, like, Anna Kendrick, obviously we found out she could sing in Pitch Perfect, you know. But to go from, like, kind of the homely friend in Twilight to then Oscar Oscar winner and up in the air to... This, like, you know, major franchise player who then is the lead of Into the Woods. Her range is unreal. Uh, Anne Hathaway, outstanding singing voice. I, I thought she did gr- great justice to Fontaine. And uh, who's the other one I was going to... Oh, yeah, and Emily Blunt. It's like, it's not fair that you guys are so talented in so many facets, but good for them. I'm glad they're finding singing roles. And the, and, and it also kills me when people like Emily Bluntner in interviews and they're like, oh, I hate to sing. I was so nervous. I haven't used these chops in a while. And I'm like, you literally can hit, hit a high A. I don't know. Is that a thing? I You, you can hit, everybody who can't sing knows they can't sing because you can't hit notes. I feel like if you grew up in the age of like, the divas do you remember the vh1 divas specials oh my god that was amazing you know you'd sing mariah celine etc whitney i mean if you if i could sing do you know how often i would sing i have nothing from the bodyguard like you know if you can hit the notes you you would be very proud of it people that can sing use their voice people that can sing dominated karaoke they dominated happy birthday they sing you know Hallelujah! A little louder at mass. So, just don't tell me that you 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 know don't feel like your voice is very good when you know it's outstanding, and give yourself the credit you're due. I'm fascinated, but I think those actresses are amazing, and I I support them fully. Uh, I I, I do think as a country we're, we're just a little too hard on Anne Hathaway when she is. It such a crime to try to pretend that you're genuine and sincere. It it could be worse. You could just be ungrateful and jaded and stop trying. At least she's giving us an honest effort when she doesn't really need to. And I think her um, uh, lip sync battle of wrecking ball really redeemed her. That made her seem like funny and fun and like she likes pop culture and she's with it, you know? Because she could have gotten up there and thought she was super relevant, but sung like... Tracy Chapman fast car and we'd be like great song I don't know I'm a little bored we, we you know it's it's kind of a sad premise but no she really she really went for it and for that I really respected her and it is not easy to pull off uh you know ribbed white tank top whose real name I'm trying to phase out of the mouth of of our society but also a, a man's brief with a Hooters girl opaque nude tight and I'm not saying she did pull it off but it was brave of her to try and you know I guess that concludes my wrecking ball lip-sync battle Anne Hathaway diatribe. And now back to A Star is Born. (laughs) What was it? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, the Lady Gaga press tour was incredibly frustrating to watch. And everyone's, like, talking about her and Bradley's chemistry, as if it's... I don't know, who's a movie duo with, like, chemistry to boot? I'm not even able to think of one, except for references I've heard other people say that I don't even understand, like... Oh, uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Like, let's be honest, I got that from Taylor Swift's line and Ready For It, Burton to this Taylor. Um, uh, Greta Marlin. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire and, I don't know, Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, all the the two women who say we responsible for every quote for all of time. Well-behaved women, rarely make history like that's not true behaved women you know do fine for themselves too let's let's stop trying to make uh you know deviant behavior being like rude charming um as i like am so rude about like cruise ships and lady gaga's repetitiveness sorry but you know they're comparing them to kind of major uh stars with you know classic examples of chemistry i don't know you're tom hanks and meg ryan's you're Insert old movie stars here. I think Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone have outstanding chemistry. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence do have outstanding chemistry. Uh, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, obviously, but they dated in real life, and that probably won't happen again. Um, I Kate and Leo. Except that that movie that came out in like 2010 that I think won an Oscar, it was about like living in Connecticut and being married, and it was Kate and Leo, but it was so depressing and, again, almost felt too real. It's like, this is what happens when you have kids get married and just worry about making a, a little more than enough to survive so you can have a nice life but you're in a soul sucking job and kids are really exhausting and you hate your spouse it, it was very very dark um but like you know who's who's who has terrible chemistry you know the 50 shades duo not the not the best individually good actors but not my favorite Duo. Anything with Josh Duhamel in it, on it. Honestly, his chick flicks just never do it for me. I mean, When in Rome does hold a special place in my heart because I know that's where Dad, Dax, and Kristen met. um But it's such an awesomely cheesy movie. And I love any movie where the lead is like a curator or works in an art gallery. um Just like every Hallmark movie ever. I actually counted the occupations of this year's lineup for art gallery movies, and there is three. And there's two event planners, and there is five or six women who are you know high earning controlling executives who are uh, about to be up for a major promotion but the deadline is Christmas day so don't you hate when that happens (laughs) like shouldn't you have year-round equity shouldn't you like be you know making a name for yourself all the time so if you need to like you know back off of one project because I don't know it's on a National holiday that is generally family focused, and your soul sucking boss shouldn't really have control over you on that day. You know, stand up for yourself, ladies. Say, say, say. Well, this can get done the twenty sixth again. Don't get your news advi- or advice from this show. D- don't, <laughs> don't get fired on my behalf. Yeah. Um, a-, a star is born. Everyone said it. Like it's such a good. Movie. It got a standing ovation for like ten minutes at the Ven- Venice Film Festival. I didn't know they had made four of them, or this was the fourth one made. I didn't know the plot. I went into it very, very blind. I came out of it very, very surprised and no spoilers, but like, I think it's probably pretty widely known that the ending is, is sad. Um, because it's again, it's, this is the fourth time it's been made. And like, sad doesn't do it justice for me it was excruciating and it was the type that kind of casts a shadow over the rest of the film for me to be unable to sit here in front of you and say that was a great movie because I feel weird saying something was great or you had to watch you know somebody's slow steady tragic decline and okay so Lady Gaga is an outstanding actress. And just like those other actresses that can sing and act and all of this stuff, like she is a, a, a double, triple threat. Like she, she truly she truly was brilliant. Um, she was natural. She seemed like herself. I love to see her humanized because the beginning of her career was so marked by the the masks of her apparel and her persona and her house of gaga that was kind of designed to you know project this concept of fame and of who a person is and that they can realistically wear those inverted alexander wang 18 inch platforms around and you know whether you arrive to an award show with a full orb around you or hoisted up on that thing that people are hoisted up on on the shoulders of people that are often wearing like togas um what is that called that's interesting i don't know what that thing is called hmm it's like pallbearers but for alive people hmm um or you know it's like the meat dress the 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 whole thing it just she Didn't she come out of an egg once? and Wasn't she, like, birthed uh, from an egg on a red carpet? I mean, that was so entertaining and funny. Now it wouldn't be as shocking because, you know, people do stuff like that all the time. But in that day, we only had, like, little Kim showing up at the VMAs with a pasty on. But We didn't have shock value belo- beyond, you know, just somebody wearing too revealing of clothing. And for that, I appreciate her. But she... I think was smart and to kind of like slowly peel the layers of the onion over the years. And we slowly see a little bit more and more of her and something about seeing her as a person still is marked with an element of novelty to me because I I didn't know her for so long, despite her being fairly ubiquitous in terms of her level of fame and seeing her and her songs absolutely everywhere. That's why I think you and I is her best song. And it's so under underplayed and underappreciated. It's a really good song. That's a great, it's more, it has more of a rock undertone, but it builds nicely. It has a nice sentiment. And um I love when she's like, the only things I'm sure of in my whole life are my daddy in Nebraska and Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden you're like in a country song. And I, I And I don't know. I, I. It's just, it's such a good song. I always dream of somebody playing that at a piano bar. It's never going to happen. It's not like a crowd arouser. Is that what you would say? That's a weird thing to say. It's. It's not like a group toe tapper people aren't gonna go wild as if it's journey but it's a really good piano song that if i could sing i would do as a party trick i would also do vanessa carlton who's to say um again nobody would know it and it's like six minutes long but it's a really good song and i know i've talked about it before um anywho (laughs) my god this is taking so long okay My issue with Lady Gaga in the movie is that her face is very, very filled with injectables. I think she is, she did something with filler to enhance facial symmetry that she still looks like herself, but she's just like a slightly altered and filled version of herself. And her face doesn't have a ton of movement. I love Botox as much as the next guy, but there is a, you do have to be careful in terms of like focus between your eyebrows or focus on just, you know, uh, the upper forehead, raising your eyebrows, focus on your crow's feet. I think you need to target different areas and, you know, it, it, Botox can be preventative and you can soften them over time and then not need Botox again, because you metabolize it out of your body in like three to six months. So you don't, you don't need to attack on all corners. I think she attacked on all corners and also has lip filler. And she, and I know that because lip filler, it it it's, it's kind of like a, a, a charter bus TV and that. I am impressed if there is length and width because that is natural. It it takes up surface area on your face that you you can't uh, manufacture. But when the depth is there, that's when I know it's lip filler because that's the only thing you can really affect. And while it kind of creates an illusion of surface area, it's not actually altering, you know, like the space between your nose and your mouth. Like when those fillers die down, it's going to go back to normal. Anyway, so I felt like, uh her acting was so good but her face like couldn't really uh emote in the way I needed it to to fully translate and I'm not trying to pick it apart again I think it was it was very good albeit sad and her acting was good I just feel like she really um had done a lot to her face and the point of that her role was like to be very natural and in their super high chemistry press interviews I've heard them say a million times that like she wasn't allowed to wear makeup and that she kept trying to wear no makeup makeup and Bradley would like wipe her face with a panky and be like, I see your makeup. And it's like, geez, what is this prison? I mean, can't she wear a little no makeup makeup? She's going to be on the silver screen, but she was not allowed to wear makeup. So I don't know. I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. Like if I, if I saw my face all the time, I would pick it apart and probably fix it accordingly. But you know, I just think she's got a unique look and we all know what she looks like. And it's at a point i'm not looking at a star whose face i'm so familiar with and thinking they're beautiful or they're not beautiful like we know they're beautiful and they, we know that's them like i don't it's like you ju- you don't judge somebody you knows looks in, 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 in their absolute value you you already I, I don't you know what i mean it's like somebody you know their face their personality their look you feel familiar with that they, they're beautiful to you in a sense and they just that's just how they look it's not on this objective scale all of a sudden about what is or isn't Beautiful, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not making sense. Okay, and then Bradley Cooper's character—I was surprised that the movie was more so about him, like than her. I thought it was kind of g- going to be like more of a feminist tale of like woman finds love and risks feeling indebted to the man that g- got her stardom, but then says, "Well, I deserve to be here, and I don't need you, and you're holding me back, and I'm going to go out on my own and be a star anyway." When really. It's a story of how uh, two stars truly cannot coexist in parallel without collision. It, 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 one person needs to take a step back. And if the one person has any semblance of fame, there's a jealousy and resentment that can come in. And especially in the event of substance abuse, abuse issues, it's a perfect uh, cosmic storm. And it really shed light to me. I, I, that was like the most realistic, scary depiction of alcoholism, of substance abuse, of, of the toll it takes on a person's life and how they can sometimes act normal and everything's forgiven, but then when it's bad, it's bad, it's humiliating, it's cringy, it's, and then the person doesn't remember it. It, it, it. Going on that roller coaster is tough, but they did a good job of making it both real and not glamorous and very scary. And the other part that was hard for me is he, his character in it was this like rugged, uh, grumbly like talked t- t- from it, like had a kind of smoker's talk from the back of his throat n- no diaphragm usage um and he just he mumbled he mumbled the entire movie and was just this like greasy r- kind of it wasn't it's there's a different like there's like rock grunge and then there's like country western grunge and he's this kind of like country western folksy grunge where, you know, you don't shower for days, you grow out your hair, you don't shave, you go out on stage a little drunk, you play a show, and you kind of act like you're this, you know, rough-and-tumble old country boy. But really, they, you probably grew up in Westlake Village, and for some odd reason, with fame, you became this, like, caricature of yourself, you know? Like, so rarely are those grumbly country boys, like actual country boys, it's kind of a weird turn your career can take and it's just so hard for me to understand being that rich and famous and wealthy and just in an active uh neglect of grooming um but I guess that's kind of who he is in this movie and I just didn't I thought he was I don't think he was that good to her I was supposed to be really charmed by this love story and I just thought it was really awful and it just kind of made me sad and it made me sad that so much of her career was marked by his mistakes and embarrassments. And, you know, I, I love the ah, rah, rah, like as much as the next guy. Um, and the, the soundtrack is brilliant and it was well done. And I like the tight shots. I like the way that they did the camera work um, it's a good movie. But those are my two grievances. Uh, I guess they both kind of have to do with like the look persona of them, which I guess is shallow. But the main song is we're far from the shallow now. And here I am just, you know, ankle deep, as always, in the shallow. I don't think any of you guys are here for the deep end. And that's why it was I was like I was suffering through how I built this because I don't even like to revisit those feelings, much less I don't know if you guys do, too. And I won't even look at the data for those episodes. I'm worried nobody listened to it. But if you did and you liked it, well, you reach out because I'm very self-conscious about them. Thank you. I'm very needy. Um, Anyway, a podcast star is not born. I am going to finish this episode that uh, went on a lot longer than I expected. And, you know, I'm going to end with uh, what I think is one of Taylor Swift's very underrated songs that uh, I'm hoping she's going to play at a show any day now because i think it's very telling to what's going on right now uh not only with her own you know former bff slash alleged lover but also for pete and ariana uh, also for you know lady gaga and bradley cooper in the movie i forget their names ali and timothy t- 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 Timifer. <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> oh i should think of male names that are, hi- are terrible hybrids but anyway um at the time, I was, I was led to believe this song was about Joe Jonas. And to be honest, now I'm not really sure what I know. But I love that when she talks about, I love your handshake, meeting my father. I love how you walk with your hands in your pockets, how you kiss me when I was in the middle of saying something. It's, there's not a day I don't miss those rude interruptions. She, like, are you kidding? She's so... I just I, I just I i i just i i think it's amazing she was writing these at like 17 this is a really old song this is from speak now i think it's about emily poe her fiddle player but yeah you know you know me i gotta get off those forums but anyway guys i hope you have a great week it was fun being back in the pop culture realm i'm all jacked up on all these stories a lot happened last week and I'm just grateful to have the chance to share it with you, and I'm deeply sorry to anybody who will never return because of what I have said about cruises. Unless they resurrect the Mary-Kate and Ashley cruise, I, I, I do not think you will ever see me uh, in the Greyhound of the Atlantic. Again, not, not commentary that has anything to do with money or affordability, solely commentary based on the amount of likely soiled upholstery Uh, bathroom smells and general crowd in a confined space you're not allowed to get off on that's at the mercy of a driver or a captain or whatever the the, person with a wheel Uh, those are, are not my Tennessee values and with that I'll quickly wrap up by saying please rate subscribe review on iTunes, it really makes a huge, huge difference. If, if your review hasn't posted, try again and make a nickname in your settings and then it should post. It has to be unique nicknames, so or just put a bunch of numbers or something that's uniquely you and it would mean the world to me. Um Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star comes out November 6th, wherever books are sold, on Amazon.com, on BarnesandNoble.com, in Barnes and Noble, hopefully in a lot of gift shops too. And I'm really, really excited. And if you're in Chicago, we are having a launch party November 10th. And you can email contact at if you're interested. And uh, buy stuff on BeThereInFive.etsy.com, BeThereInFive.com. Still got to support myself till I sell books. <laughs> and uh, I still am working out an advertising plan. That hopefully, you know, once we're back on a regular podcast schedule, will work. I know that since August, it's been a little touch and go. Um, was, I've been a little busy with like the book stuff just because it's kind of like a whole nother uh, vertical I'm adding to my already incredibly ambiguous and all over the place job. So, uh, yeah, it's it's hard for me to uh, figure out how much time to allocate to what and if something's got to give it a point. And I gave myself a bit of a break. Um, we also have been traveling to a lot of weddings and stuff, but are, are done for the year besides the holidays. So I will have time to sit down with you and talk through, you know, these hard hitting concerns in today's day and age, like who gets custody of Ariana and Pete's pet pig, Piggy Smalls, that was purchased like days before their breakup. And it's like, is custody a matter of like who wants the pig or like who doesn't want the pig? Like you take it. No, you take it. <laughs> Hard to say. Okay, guys, um, I love you. Thank you for listening. Hope you had fun. Missed you tons. Let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. So i watch you lie. And I feel you forget me like I used to feel you breathe. And I'll keep up with our old friends just to ask them how you are. Hope it's nice where you are. And I hope the sun shines day, and something reminds you you wish you had stayed. You can plan for a change in the weather and time, but I never planned on you changing your mind. So. Well.